0: Hey, everybody, I am in Georgia, and we are fighting to keep the United States Senate as well as fighting for voter integrity against election fraud. Also, why are bar owners being arrested for just opening their business? That and so much more on The Charlie Kirk Show podcast. Please consider supporting us at charliekirk.com slash support. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. And if you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, where we play offense, the sense of urgency to win America's culture war on campuses across the country. Go to tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Critical episode. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie
1: Kirk is on the college campus. I
0: want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk.
1: Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. <laughs> I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will
0: not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. I want to tell you guys about Good Rancher. Good Ranchers began with the standard of bringing top quality, 100% American-born raised and harvested meat to families across America. This vision was instilled into them from their grandparents that owned community grocery stores and believed in trust, charity, and family values. GoodRanchers.com partners directly with only American ranches from across the United States to bring the highest quality meat straight to your door. Have the best Christmas ever with Good Rancher's free hickory honey holiday ham. Every new subscription gets a Berkshire hickory. Honey smoked ham for free. Our Berkshire hams are 100% no antibiotics ever, 100% hormone-free, 100% born and raised in America. As always, Good Ranchers is 100% American beef and chicken and now pork. Goodranchers.com. Get 100% American beef raised right to your door. Beef the way it used to be. Skip the grocery store lines, and it will be delivered to you for free, and the taste is always delicious. Don't waste your money on cheap cuts and overseas beef. Buying from the other guys, get the American beef cuts your family deserves with Good Ranchers. Buy today at GoodRanchers.com. Again, GoodRanchers.com delivers your favorite meats right to your door, perfect for grilling out, Or dinners at home. Go to GoodRanchers.com to view all their American beef and chicken packages. Use the promo code CHARLIE to get your free Berkshire hickory honey smoked ham with your purchase. That's GoodRanchers.com right now. Use the promo code CHARLIE. Get the Berkshire ham free for a limited time only. GoodRanchers.com. Promo code CHARLIE. Georgia. i got Georgia on my mind. Why would we be in Georgia for two reasons, actually? Actually, three reasons. Senator Kelly Loeffler, Senator David Perdue, and also the recount fight that is happening in Georgia. I just published a piece in Newsweek where I outlined the case for all hands on deck in Georgia. I talked about why I am actually coming to Georgia. We're doing a rally tonight. We're doing a door-knocking blitz tomorrow morning. We are activating all of our student activists at Students for Trump and Turning Point Action, our 501C4 political vehicle. And the reason that we are here, just the same reason why President Trump tweeted out that he will be here on Saturday, is that the Georgia runoff election is not about playing offense. You see, President Donald Trump is one of the best Offensive political players in American history. He was always setting the tone with his agenda. Let's get a vote on the wall. Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, two hundred other federal judges. Tax cuts, embassy to Jerusalem, renegotiating trade deals, NAFTA, withdrawing us from TPP, getting the UAE, Bahrain, and Sudan to the table for historic peace deal. President Trump was always playing offense, which is why President Trump is a successful president and, God willing, will serve a second term if we can uncover and prove that this election has been contaminated and stolen. However, what's going on in Georgia right now for the runoff elections is not an offensive strategy. There's no use in convincing you otherwise. That wouldn't be true. The reason that I am in Georgia and the reason why we are deploying our resources to Georgia for the runoff elections is not to play offense, but instead to play defense. And at times when the Democrats think they are going to assume the Oval Office, and they might assume the Oval Office, it is critical that we put the pieces in place to ensure that they are not going to have unified government if that scenario unfolds. If they have unified government, they will enact substantial portions of the Green New Deal. Environmentalism, is one thing that every single portion of the Democrat Party can agree on, whether it be the radical base of Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the corporate wing of Janet Yellen, as she said yesterday in her speech. Environmentalism is a camouflage disguised set of policy decisions that allow them to expand the size and scope of government, not actually solve any of the issues that they're concerned about, but it's a wonderful excuse for them to have a power grab. If Republicans remain in control of the United States Senate, and if Joe Biden becomes president, it will become almost impossible for them to enact certain portions of the Green New Deal. Democrats, if they win the Senate runoffs in Georgia and accomplish unified government, they will assuredly pack the United States Supreme Court. And we will live in a post-constitutional country from this point forward. We might as well shred the United States Constitution. The provisions, the safeguards, the measures, the state-based policies, the checks and balances will all be deteriorated and might as well be considered obsolete. One of the first things the Democrats will do if they ever get unified government is they will push for statehood for D.C. and Puerto Rico. They will do this using racial arguments, saying that Washington, D.C. has one of the highest black populations in the country. They will say that Puerto Rico has one of the highest Hispanic populations of all the United States, states, and territories. It'll be hard for anyone in the Democrat Party to oppose it, and they will not be opposing, they will not be supporting it for the reasons they say, for fairness or for equity. They will be supporting it so, you can get two more United States senators and another House member. That's why they'll be supporting it. They'll also be supporting it in Puerto Rico's sense for more electo- electoral college votes. They will do D.C. first because Puerto Rico might actually be a potentially more contentious area for Republicans because they actually have a history of electing certain Republicans to mayor and state races in Puerto Rico. But Washington, D.C., that will be the first one. They'll say it's been too long. Taxation without representation. Let's put Washington D.C. as United States state. If the Democrats accomplish unified government, they will then push and provide amnesty and voting rights for illegals all across the country. Again, all about strengthening their voter base, power grab. They will also add tens of millions to various relief roles across the country. Not to mention the aggressive push to bring in cheap labor into America. Something that even some Republicans are saying they want to do. We'll get to that later on in the program. And so now we are experiencing a two-front war. We are now fighting in the courts and the state legislatures, and we are now fighting in Georgia. Both are important. Because if we lose in the courts and if we lose in the state legislatures, then all of a sudden we are going to look around the landscape and we're going to say, I wish we would have took Georgia a little bit more seriously. I wish we would have prevented Warnock and Ossoff from becoming United States senators. I wrote this in my Newsweek piece, and I'm sure that plenty of members of the activist media are going to take exception to this, but we need to turn the United States Senate into a legislative kill squad, a graveyard where the Democrats' dystopian and ruinous socialist ideas go to die. We should be unafraid talking about this because their ideas are actually widely unpopular with the American people. They might be popular with groups of people that don't own property. They might be be popular with ruling class members or people that live in centralized urban environments. And as the Democrats are trying to figure out why they lost almost every single competitive house race, 27 out of 27, why it looks as of today Republicans are going to pick up record amounts of state legislative races. The reason is that they are pandering to a ever disappearing agenda. The, po- the point is that it's, pop- its popularity is disappearing of people that do not own any form of property. They are renting or they're on government assistance. They are not marrying. They don't work anything but minimum wage jobs. And this group of people, they do support radical environmental restructuring. They do support reparations. But the rest of the country thinks that those ideas are not just out of the mainstream. They're very dangerous. And that's the argument that needs to be made in Georgia. And when President Trump comes to Georgia, I am confident that he will not just talk about Senator Loeffler and Senator Perdue, but I believe he'll also talk about the voter integrity fight. Where is Roffensperger? Where is Brian Kemp? An independent data analysis that we have talked about here in this program shows that over 15,000 people that no longer live in the state of Georgia voted in the presidential election, well beyond the margin that Joe Biden is currently enjoying in Georgia. The question is, do we want to be citizens or do we want to be subjects? That's the question that is in front of us. And so for the voter integrity fights, they're critically important. Also critically important is making sure that Democrats do not pick up two Senate seats in Georgia, which would all but guarantee their radical agenda to be implemented if we're not successful in the courts. The issue at hand is not a binary choice. It's not either or. It's not a do we retreat and stop fighting for President Trump's victory in the courts. Or do we do the Georgia Senate runoff? Instead, this fight has to happen on two fronts simultaneously, exactly what we are focusing our time, energy, and attention on. And we are seeing Democrats pour tens of millions of dollars weekly into the Georgia Senate campaign. And the Democrats are about to come through a very difficult realization. The margin that Joe Biden won, especially in Pennsylvania, Is so hard to comprehend. Yesterday we had State Senator Doug Mastriano on our program. State Senator Doug Mastriano walked us through how Republicans gained seats in the Pennsylvania State Legislature. How Republicans did a lot better in almost every single category that is measurable in Georgia. Won statewide offices for the first time in a very long time. And yet, the only race that exceeded all other trends and expectations was Joe Biden. Now, what would the explanation be? Well, the explanation would be that there was a rush to fill out a lot of ballots for just the person at the top of the ticket. If Joe Biden's victory was to be believed, which I do not believe it, we are supposed to believe. That Joe Biden did as well as Republicans did across the country, that Republicans stormed the beaches of the voting booths in record numbers, long lines, everything that we saw to go vote all Republican except for Joe Biden. We know that's not the case because we know that there was a significant drop off of people that were down ballot, congressional races and state legislative races, that Got a significant drop off of votes versus the presidential, but only on the Democrat side, not on the Republican side, meaning that Donald Trump's numbers correlated with the down-ballot Republican numbers. Joe Biden's numbers did not correlate with the down-ballot Democrat numbers. The significance of that is that people were voting for Biden and then just sending in their ballot. Why would they do that? maybe some people just really hated trump and there was a protest vote that might be part of it a more reasonable explanation which would ex- which would add important context to all these other questions that we have is that there was a concerted effort to register voters that are over the age of 90 we saw that a 1774% increase in voter registration for people over the age of 90 in the state of pennsylvania most of which lived in nursing home areas or in Clustered housing units. We have Susan, the whistleblower from Wisconsin, who said that all 20 of her developmentally disabled patients wanted to vote for Trump, but they were forced, forced to vote for Joe Biden. We have the Nevada Native Project that the president tweeted out, where they were bribing people to go vote in Nevada, which is in violation of federal law. And a lot of people are emailing us at freedom at charliekirk.com. They're saying, What about Bill Barr? What, what about what Bill Barr said? I want to get into that in great detail. It's very important. And then I saw some people on cable television that I once respected last evening say it is time for Donald Trump and Republicans to drop this voter fraud investigative charade. I welcome anyone to come on this program or our podcast if they are willing to offer explanation In any form or fashion, to these questions. Look, there's always a rise in criminality and break ins during the Christmas season. It's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a massive Christmas sale 40% off any Simply Safe system and a free security camera. Recently, U.S. News & World Report called it the best home security of 2020. So whether you're traveling or staying put for Christmas, check out the 40% off free security camera deal before it ends this week. It won CNET Editor Choice for the Home Security and the Best of 2020 by Forbes and Popular Mechanics. The system has an arsenal of sensors and cameras that protect every inch of your home. You can set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's really easy. There are criminals on the loose. Do something to protect your family this Christmas season. Get 40% off Simply Safe plus a free security camera today. By visiting simplysafe.com/charlie, go today. This deal is this week only. That's simplysafe.com/charlie. Simplysafe.com/charlie. I want to get deeper into the Georgia runoffs and also the fight that will soon be coming to the United States Senate regarding amnesty. But first, I want to touch on this story. As we all know, crime is spiking. In urban America. In New York City alone, murders are up by 33%. And the number of victims shot has doubled. This is according to Insider.com. Crime analysts were expecting the shutdown early this year to result in a sharp drop in crime. But the exact opposite has happened. Why? Because police are being called the enemy. There is massive defunding calls and budget cuts to the New York City police. The number of shooting victims has jumped 102%. So, as the New York City police is grappling with this, what is the focus of Mayor de Blasio? It might surprise you. The New York City police has been deployed by Mayor de Blasio to not worry about the escalation of killings and murders, but instead, they set up a sting operation of undercover police officers dressed in plain clothes to go to bars and restaurants to try and trap business owners that were defying the Chinese coronavirus restrictions, the lockdowns. This is from the Associated Press. An owner of a New York City bar that was providing indoor service in defiance of coronavirus restrictions was arrested after a sting in which plainclothes officers went inside and ordered food and beverages. Protesters shouted the deputies, arresting Danny Presti on Max public house on Staten Island. The tavern is in an area designated by Cuomo as an orange zone because of spiking Chinese coronavirus rates and was not supposed to be serving customers indoors. But the owners had declared the bar an autonomous zone, a nod to the protesters who claimed control over a Seattle neighborhood in June. The bar had been fined thousands of dollars as it continued to serve patrons inside and operate past the curfew. So then the police got busy. They operated a sting as if he was trafficking children or bringing in heroin or cocaine or laundering money. They set up an operation. They probably had a control room. They wore wires. They all had plain clothes. They came in and arrested him because of these violations. Meanwhile, in New York City, murders are up 33% and shootings are up 102%, which goes to one of the most Confusing pieces of irony that I can't quite sort out. Once you defund the police, who is going to be your personal Gestapo squad against all of these Chinese coronavirus lockdowns and restrictions? Once you defund the police, who is going to go after the bar owner who declares himself an autonomous zone? So just so we're clear of the priorities for urban America, when people were looting and rioting on Fifth Avenue in New York City, Andrew Cuomo was perfectly fine with that. Bill de Blasio said they're blowing off steam. They're protesting racial justice. Let them be. They're wonderful. However, when someone in Staten Island is just trying to pay the bills, maybe he has medical bills to pay for. Maybe he has family he has to take care of. Maybe he has rent he has to take care of. So he opens his doors. And what's the response from the government that is supposed to represent him? They arrest him. And they don't just arrest him. They arrest him in a broad sting operation as if he was running one of the crime, the five crime families in the New York City metro area as if he was operating a cartel. Of course, the the New York City police is being directed not to go after actual cartels and go after actual criminal behavior of BLM Incorporated, but instead go after small business owners. That are engaging in the voluntary marketplace to trade value for value. The Democrats are going to have to decide something very soon. Are you going to defund the police or are you now going to use the police as your own personal Stasi to enforce your totalitarian tactics? It is hard to think of a news story that is more egregiously immoral than this one that a bar owner in the same city that has had the looting, the rioting, the arson, and 102% increase in shootings, the focus of the police department, and again, it's not the police officer's fault, they're just doing orders, but the police chiefs are just enforcing the orders of Bill de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo, are being used as a pseudo-political Gestapo to go after normal people. Meanwhile, you can go to the local Home Depot, you can go to the local abortion clinic, you can go to the local cannabis dispensary, you can go to the local Walmart, you can go to the grocery store. Now, what do all those things have in common? Cannabis dispensary, it's a favorite of the activist left. Abortion clinic, favorite of the activist left. Major big box realtors, part of the crony corporatist agenda that Chuck Schumer and the like are now going to be implementing on the rest of our country. This bar, Max Public House, which all of you, by the way, should go out of your way to support in some way. Now that this bar owner is literally behind bars, support him financially financially. In other ways, we are going to make a donation here on The Charlie Kirk Show to Max Public House. I'm going to go buy $100 worth of burgers from him and just tell him to keep the money. I don't need the burgers. And he has this beautiful sign outside of his bar that I see that says, Autonomous Zone, with all exclamation points. The police officers didn't find that funny. There's a picture of these police officers outside saying, We take this very seriously. Yet in the urban America-dominated portions of our country, Democrats were quick to give the terrorists in Seattle space to go create their own country, Chaz, the Autonomous Zone. And remember, Autonomous Zone started as a joke, and then two people got murdered, including a young black man. But that was perfectly okay for that to happen. It's kind of strange how they never sent any cops to French Laundry when Gavin Newsom was operating outside of the Chinese coronavirus restrictions inside, no mask on, with all of his friends and the people in the public health department. But instead, Mr. Presty, who looks like he got arrested, 34 years old, who was an un- uncooperative hero and was charged with obstruction of governmental administration in addition to the charges stemming from unauthorized food and beverage service, he is the one that is the focus of the modern-day Democrat Stasi. It is the muscular class that is now being declared as the problem. It's not the... Ruling class, the communication class, the data scientist class. It's not the people that go in the streets and go celebrate the Los Angeles Lakers winning the NBA finals. Thousands of people in the streets, no masks, no social distancing. It's not the people that go into the streets and celebrate Joe Biden's alleged victory. I put that in quotes. But instead, it's Presty who jokingly and correctly and heroically declares his bar as an autonomous zone. Instead of turning the other way like they did for BLM Incorporated, they send out... The Gestapo, and I don't use that word lightly. These are Soviet-style tactics. They want to make an example of him. So now we need to elevate him as a hero. They don't even have this guy's first name, probably intentionally. Danny Presti, co-owner of Max Public House, was arrested as if he was trafficking heroin into New York City. Probably a better use of the New York City police time to, I don't know, go stem the 102% increase in shootings rather than worry about Danny Presti, who is serving beer and burgers at Max Public House in Staten Island, while Andrew Cuomo walks the streets of New York without a mask, while Andrew Cuomo puts infected Chinese coronavirus patients in nursing homes, the priority of the governmental technocratic class in Albany and New York City is let's go arrest Danny Presti. Let's go make an example out of him. These people really missed their calling in the Soviet Union. Danny Presti today, who owns the bar and has been arrested by this political attack squad, and it's you tomorrow. This is now the direction of the Democrat Party. Oh yeah, we hate police. Let's go defund the police. But actually, we want want a Praetorian Guard to go after Danny Presti. This is bone chilling. Front page of the Associated Press, New York City bar owner who defied Chinese coronavirus restrictions, arrested. For no epidemiological reason whatsoever. None. So can you explain something to me? Why people from United Airlines are not arrested like Danny Presty? I, con- I just took a cross-country flight to come here into Georgia. I flew from Phoenix, Arizona to Atlanta, Georgia. There were people sitting on top of each other. And people were removing their mask and eating while they were on the, on the plane. So why can you eat on a Delta Airlines flight from Phoenix to Atlanta? But you can't eat at Max Public House in Staten Island. The reason is that Danny Presti, who owns Max Public House, does not have multibillion-dollar lawyers and lobbyists to go call politicians, senators, and congresspeople to represent him. Danny Presti's a normal person. And Andrew Cuomo hates normal people. For Andrew Cuomo, he wants to go stamp out normal people. He saw that it was a joke that he was making about autonomous zone, with the same epidemiological standards that I just experienced in a cross-country flight, that if you go board an airplane at John F. Kennedy Airport or Newark Airport and you fly to Los Angeles, all of a sudden it's perfectly okay to go eat when you're next to somebody. No explanation why that's okay whatsoever. If, I were to, if all of a sudden we were to go deploy people to go do a BLM Incorporated riot or protest in the streets of New York City... Andrew Cuomo would call us heroes. In fact, Bill de Blasio would help us go paint a street in front of Trump Tower. But Danny Presti is now the embodiment of what the rest of America will be. If you dare disagree and if you step out, we're going to destroy your life. Barack Obama recently spoke out, who has this bizarre new role as trying to be like the most relevant person in the Democrat Party, despite... Joe Biden allegedly getting 10 million more votes than he ever did. Listen to what he has to say about defunding the police. Play tape. If you instead say, let's reform the police department so that everybody's being treated fairly you know divert young people from getting into crime and if there's a homeless guy can maybe we send a mental health worker there instead of an armed unit that could end up resulting in a tragedy suddenly a whole bunch of folks who might not otherwise listen to you are listening to you and so basically barack obama was commenting on how he didn't like the defund the police slogan He thought that there was a marketing problem. Barack Obama is playing PR agent for the activist and arsonist left. Now, mind you, Barack Obama didn't say that he doesn't like the idea of defunding the police. Instead, Barack Obama is saying that he doesn't like the way that it is currently branded. Big difference. Uh, Barack Obama was saying that he doesn't like how it's currently being framed. Instead of saying, hey, it's a really bad idea to actually want to make... Structural changes to the police department. In fact, we need more police. And Barack Obama knows this. Barack Obama spent a lot of time in Chicago. He knows that an increased police presence helps minority communities. Heather McDonald has done phenomenal work on this. And I'm going to play some tape of her in just a second. But Barack Obama is intentionally kind of tap dancing here. And he actually received, I think, some backlash from AOC or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez AOC said something of the like on Twitter. She said she was kind of subtweeting Obama, which is hilarious. What if activists aren't PR firms for politicians and their demands are because police budgets are exploding? Not true. And community resources are shrinking to bankroll it. And people brought this up for ages, but it wasn't until they said defund that comfortable people started to pay attention to brutality. The thing that critics of activists don't get is that they tried playing the polite language policy game, and all it did was make it easier to ignore. It wasn't until they made folks uncomfortable that they were traction to anything, even if it wasn't their full demands. But the whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists take discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular support often starts small and grows. To folks who complain, protest amidst make others uncomfortable, that's the point. There's so much there to unpack in that foolish tweet from AOC. It actually might take a full hour. But basically what AOC is saying is we're intentionally being provocative so that you notice us. Basically, we're screaming very loud like petulant children despite the lack of data, reason, or reality in any of the policies that they're advocating. I want to play Heather McDonald last evening on Tucker Carlson. or recently on Tucker Carlson. I want to play both of her clips. Play cut 48. What do we do about this? Well, we
1: changed the narrative. Uh, What we're seeing with these, we're going to see the biggest one-year increase in homicides and shootings in this country, Tucker, in decades, and that's a predictable result of a fatal lie which holds that policing is systemically racist. Joe Biden embraced that lie during his campaign. He's embraced it after the election, and it will become the touchstone of his Justice Department.
0: Let's play Cut 49, Heather McDonald continues by saying that police are the solution, not the problem. Heather McDonald is correct. Play cut 49.
1: Uh, the problem in this country is criminals, not cops. Cops are the solution. But as long as you go about telling cops incessantly, as we heard in Seattle, as we've heard in Louisville, uh, in Chicago, New York, you name it, that cops are racist for going after criminals, they are going to back off. Cops in this country are demoralized. They're defunded. They're being assaulted on a daily basis. And when cops back off of policing, you don't get some Pacific nirvana, some post-racial nirvana. You get anarchy and chaos,
0: anarchy and chaos. But accept the personal police protection squad that will enforce the needs, wants and desires of the protected political class. That is perfectly fine. And that is now just part of the continued contradiction of what the democrats are going to, have to decide. Do you want police to be able to shut down local bars or do you want the police to not exist at all? Did you know your family can save over 800 dollars a year just by switching to peer talk from Verizon, AT&T or T-Mobile? Think about it. What could your family do with an extra 800 dollars? You don't even have to sacrifice coverage. PeerTalk has the same coverage, same bars as those big carriers, but they charge you half. You definitely don't have to sacrifice customer service. Their team is based right here in the United States, and they're some of the nicest people you'll ever talk to. Don't wait. Switch today. You can even keep your phone and your number or choose from a massive selection of the latest iPhones and Androids. Get unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. Grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, and say Charlie Kirk. That's it. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250 and say keyword Charlie Kirk. Peer Talk is simply smarter wireless. So people say voter fraud does not exist. We were one of the first shows to cover the very stunning piece from The Federalist where There was evidence of the Nevada Native Project. They still have these Facebook posts up, by the way, where they were paying people to vote in Nevada. It's a common practice in Native American reservations. No one has really ever had the determination to go after this in any sort of criminal complaint. There's a variety of reasons for that. You don't want to disrupt tribal relations. Technically, they're a sovereign country. However, it is a federal election, and there is jurisdiction over elections for the FBI. And the Nevada Native Project according to the Federalists and looking at all the documents available, and I went through the Facebook feeds myself, we're paying people to vote. We're giving away gas and gift cards for people to vote, and they actually had pictures of people turning in their ballots next to Biden-Harris signs and then getting gas cards in return. And we actually have video of this. We have video and audio of people of the, from the Nevada Native Project Talking about Holly, all you have to do is turn in your ballot and you can win a gas card or a gift card. Play tape.
1: $25 gift cards to raffle off. So that's a lot of money cash here. Um, we have um, also four $100 gift cards to give away. Um, so again, you want to make sure you get out here to vote. And then we have four $250 gift cards to raffle. And our grand prize is going to be a $500 Visa gift card.
0: You hear that? $500 gift card. If you go and vote and if you go submit your ballot, this is against federal law. You cannot offer payment for someone to vote in a federal election. It's against the law. The likelihood of anyone investigating that, next to nothing. And yet, Bill Barr comes out and says, I want to make sure I get these words right because some people are saying it's going to take out of context. So our team is going to get me the exact words. I don't, want to, I don't want to say anything that he didn't say. But the essence of how it was reported, I think that's fair, is that Bill Barr and the Attorney General said they have not found enough voter fraud that would significantly change the outcome of the election. We know this is not true. We have done the work on the outside. People like Matt Brainard have done the work at the Voter Integrity Project, not the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice is... Clanking around. They can't even figure out whether or not they should charge Peter Strzok or Lisa Page or Clapper or Brennan. They can't get the Durham investigation sorted out. You think the DOJ is capable of doing a voter fraud investigation? Now, they might be capable, but they're definitely not willing, which is an equally important point to make. They are not willing to do this investigation because it's going to require a lot of work and it's going to require a lot of people upset. And potential politicians that have control over the Department of Justice and the FBI are going to be very, very mad that their narrow margins of victory might suddenly disappear. We have the Nevada Native Project. We have Susan from Milwaukee who says all of her developmentally disabled patients wanted to vote for Trump, and yet they were taken advantage of against their will and voted for Joe Biden. We know about the 1,774% increase in voter registration for 90-plus-year-olds in Pennsylvania. We have the list of over 15,000 people that are out of state in Georgia that voted. And thanks to Matt Brainerd from the Voter Integrity Project in Arizona, we have audio recordings of people being contacted saying, did you request an absentee ballot? Absolutely not. I did not. Yet the state records show that they voted by mail. In Michigan, we have examples of 6,000 votes being changed due to Dominion voting systems. We have sworn affidavits and testimony. In Arizona of people that were checking the signatures saying that there were no signatures there, the, the signature requirements went down dramatically. Martha McCallum said in her program that even some of the signature requirements went down from a 60% match to a 40% match. It's a big difference. I could get a 40% match if I was just scribbling on ballots. We know that people were sent 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 ballots at times. We have received hundreds of emails at freedom at of people that have firsthand examples of people getting piles of ballots that they did not solicit. And yet we are being told time and time again that this is not a problem. Do not address it. There's no evidence of this. So here's what Bill Barr said exactly. And this is from the AP. I'm going to read his words, not the headline. There's a lot of people have been waiting for Bill Barr to come through with indictments and for justice. Meanwhile, we watch every team member on the Trump team, get investigated and thrown in prison from Steve Bannon, Dinesh D'Souza under the Obama administration, Wayne LaPierre is being investigated from the National Rifle Association, Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, you name it, you're investigated. Louis DeJoy, and yet Democrats get away with whatever they want to do. Commit crimes, including even wearing Russian sickle and hammer hats like Jen Psaki who wore a sickle-and-hammer Russian hat with the foreign minister of Russia, which very well might show us foreign collusion with Russia. And when we dare talk about it on social media, the tech giant said it is missing context. Bill Barr told the Associated Press that U.S. attorneys and the FBI agents have been working to follow up specific complaints and information they've received. But to date, we have not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election. Well, I can show you fraud that could have. There's 15,000 addresses that the Voter Integrity Project run by Matt Brainard that shows they voted in Georgia, 15,000, and the margin of victory in Georgia is about 12,000 votes more or less. That's one nice place to start. How about the signature verification? How about the 8,000 ballot applications for voter registration that were fraudulently submitted in California and someone was just arrested there? How much of that works and exists? There is a strange default position amongst the DOJ communications arm and decision-making process that goes to show that no matter what you say, our voting system is perfect, sit down and shut up, we do things perfectly. And we know that's not true. We're uncovering 1% to 2% altering fraud, potentially even more. And we have piles of evidence to show this, sworn affidavits. Data that must be challenged. It says in the Associated Press article, I can't wait to play this piece of tape. This just makes me so excited. Attorney Cindy Powell has spun fictional tales of election systems flipping votes. German, German servers storing U.S. voting information election software created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez. But the Associated Press says it's a fictional tale. So was, the CN, was CNN just making this up? Maybe they were. CNN makes up a lot of stuff, but this is back when CNN was actually a reputable news outlet. So is CNN just completely making stuff up? Or was there actually something to this? The Department of Justice, have they reviewed all the evidence that has been collected? Has the Department of Justice looked into the Nevada Native Project? We just played tape and we have Facebook posts of them giving gas cards and cash for votes. Have they looked into Susan's allegations in Wisconsin that shows a predatory scheme to fill out ballots for developmentally disabled patients? Have they looked into that? Have they looked into the 224 people and growing and counting just out of a sample size of 10,000 people in Michigan that were dead that voted? Do they look into the signature verification and why Republicans weren't given access to the vote counting and signature verification process? Do they look into any of that because we're looking into it and we don't have badges or FBI jackets? We're just looking into it as concerned citizens. I want to get into this double standard of the media and what they are doing in covering voter fraud. And they it, 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 at one point really concerned them. But first, I want to thank all of you that have already donated to my Angel Tree campaign. I want to invite the rest of you to join in today by going to CharlieKirk.com and clicking on the Angel Tree banner. That's how you can help the child of a prisoner right here in America, by giving that child a very special Christmas, who are friends at Prison Fellowship. For example, there's this young lady, Deanna, who grew up without her father uh, in the home because he was in prison, but she still says she was able to bond with him through gifts from people like you. For a gift of just $22, you can provide a child like Deanna with a special Christmas gift, plus a personalized note from their mom or dad in prison, and access to a beautiful new Bible in English or Spanish. Or for two hundred and twenty dollars, you can bless ten children of prisoners this Christmas. Because as I like to say, no child should be punished for the misdeeds of a parent, especially at Christmas time. Just go to CharlieKirk.com and click on the Angel Tree banner to make your gift. Or my special phone number, eight eight eight-206-2802. It's a great cause. Check it out. CharlieKirk.com Angel Tree. It's a prison fellowship ministry. It does a phenomenal job. Please check it out. So the AP story says that Sidney Powell is spinning fictional tales of smart ties to Venezuela. What did CNN have to say about this just a couple years ago? Play tape. U.S. voting machine companies. The U.S.
1: government did not review the sale. Many experts say those voting machines were manipulated in Venezuela to give President Hugo Chavez a victory. Exit polls done by the U.S. firm Penn Schoen in Berlin had Chávez losing 41% to 59%. But the next day, Chávez declared victory, reversing the score, saying he won 59% of the vote. Everything was computed in the favor of the government. So uh, the the, the only explanation is that the smartmatic machines had been programmed in that way. A Harvard mathematician crunched the numbers on the Venezuelan election. It had, had to be the smartmatic system. All these machines talk to a central computer and report on their results. And in in that in that mechanism, as they communicate with the center, the central machine can report anything. Smartmatic is technically based in Boca Raton, Florida. But the president of the company, Jack Blaine, testified to the Chicago City Council. Fewer than a dozen Smartmatic employees work in Florida. The majority of the workers.
0: Well, I think we lost the end of the clip, which is actually the best part. It says the majority of the workers actually. Work in Venezuela. Let's try to see if we can get the end of that clip. Still playing? Because it's actually the best part of the clip. But anyway, that's CNN going through piece by piece how Smartmatic has been used in Venezuela. Very similar to here. One part of it that's just so interesting that I found that most people wouldn't pick up on is when they said, well, a Harvard mathematician ran the numbers. Where are all those Harvard mathematicians now? We could use some Harvard mathematicians to speak out. Now, mind you, we have Dr. Shiva and some of these other phenomenal minds. But it's just very interesting how all the Harvard mathematicians and data scientists and statisticians, they just kind of back away as soon as Donald Trump is in an unfavorable light. They say, oh, it must be true. There's no conversation that is necessary around this. So Bill Barr, he has some explaining to do. He does. He says this, most claims of fraud are very particularized. To a very set of circumstances or actors or conduct, and those have been run down, they are being run down, Barr said. Some have been broad and potentially cover a few thousand votes they have been followed up on. Well, hold on a second. You're contradicting yourself. A few thousand votes could determine Arizona. The margin in Arizona is about 10,000 votes. So a few thousand votes plus stricter signature verification, identity checks, whether or not the people actually submitted the ballots, filled them out. Trump wins Arizona. So who is he to say all of a sudden that this couldn't alter the outcome? He is now playing electoral politics pundit as attorney general. He's just beginning to look into this. And by the way, we have congressional races that are now being decided by six votes. Claudia Tenney in upstate New York, a friend of mine, looked like she was doing very well. And ballots just keep coming in. And out of nowhere, another 50 ballots have just been found. Ballot Box 13 reemerges with the Lyndon Baines Johnson tactics that are now being used in upstate New York. I want to dive into that because that's a very unique point that we're going to make. Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? Bit of a nightmare for most people. And the holidays are a great time to reflect, especially on those who helped us get through it. Now Noble Gold has put together this incredible collection of American Eagle 22-karat gold coins so you can say a huge thank you to the people you love. Nothing says you're extraordinary, quite like a four-coin gold American Eagle limited edition proof set. All these impressive and important coins are bullion-grade proofs authenticated by the U.S. Mint. They're changing this American Eagle design next year so they're not making any more of these coins. They're changing. They're just around 20 sets around, so it's first-come-first-served. Buy two sets and you'll be gifted a free 5-ounce silver Apollo 11 coin. The Apollo 11 is valued over $300 and in case you missed it, you'll receive that coin for free if you purchase this holiday offer. So learn more, call Noble Gold at 877-646-5347 and tell them Charlie Kirk sent you. Ask for Noble Gold Holiday Thank You Offer by calling 877-646-5347 or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. An upstate New York congressional race is now in doubt after conveniently 55 uncounted ballots are found. A newly discovered batch of 55 uncounted ballots have all of a sudden been discovered. The ballots from Chenango County were cast during the state's early voting period within the 22nd congressional district, home to the ultra tight race between Representative Anthony Presidi and his Republican opponent, and a friend of mine, Claudia Tenney. As of Monday, which was supposed to have been the final day, Tenney was winning, the Republican, by 12 votes. But then Chenego County Attorney comes out and says, Oh, no, you don't understand. We have 55 ballots left. 11 appear to be from unregistered voters. The remaining 44 could reverse Tenney's lead. But Del Conte must still rule on over 2,000 other disputed absentee and affidavit ballots in the race. I just find this important for a variety of reasons. The other reason, outside of the obvious, that voter fraud can impact elections, for any of you listening that have ever been convinced that your activism and your voice does not matter, this is literally being decided by six votes. That's, that's the difference of a family voting and not voting. The Bracity. Brindisi Tenney contest has been back and forth. Claudia Tenney came to a 29,000-vote lead. And I don't know why all of a sudden we have decided to enter the Banana Republic Third World in some of these districts where literally it takes a month to canvas and find these votes. The easy and obvious answer is because it allows people to play games with the system, cut corners, and conveniently find votes wherever necessary. The Claudia Tenney race is just one of many that is being decided by incredibly razor-thin margins. The other is in Iowa, with Marionette Miller-Meeks, who currently has a six-vote lead in Iowa. So how can Bill Barr say that, He hasn't found any evidence that could possibly alter any of these elections. When you're talking about six votes, of course there's been probably 50 fraudulent votes in a congressional race. 500 fraudulent votes. People that vote that shouldn't, people that send in fraudulent ballots, signature verification problems, people that fill out ballots for other people. All of that happens frequently in these elections. And Bill Barr says that they're still investigating it. But... They're not exactly sure if it's enough to change the outcome. In fact, he said it's not enough. The AP, and this is kind of deceiving, the AP title, but somewhat right. Where the AP said, disputing Trump, Barr says no widespread evidence of election fraud. The AP was very happy to write that story because they loved the first two words, disputing Trump. That's what they really wanted to write. And as we're told that there is no voter fraud, this is on foxnews.com, Georgia group founded by Stacey Abrams under investigation for seeking out-of-state and dead voters. I wonder if they do it now. Did they do it in the general election? If they did it in the general election, how deep was it? How broad? How sophisticated? Were you looking into it then? Brad roffensperger who's trying to save his career, has launched investigations into several groups including one founded by former gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, who's seeking to aggressively register ineligible out-of-state or deceased voters. So how exactly do you register deceased voters, Roffensperger? You just told us that the Georgia elections were perfect and wonderful. So if they're cheating now, weren't they cheating then, just a month ago, on election day? Roffensperger's office said the investigations are into groups including America Votes, Vote Forward, and the New Georgia Project, which was founded by Abrams and previously chaired by Raphael Warnock. Now, these Democrats think of themselves as saving decent society, so that they give themselves a moral pass to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. Roffensperger, for weeks, has issued warnings against efforts to register individuals who are ineligible to vote. He's done nothing close to it. He's done nowhere near the necessary groundwork. I have issued clear warnings several times to groups and individuals working to undermine the integrity of Georgia elections through false and fraudulent registrations. Okay, a statement is not nearly enough, but did you do that back in 2000, back in July and August? I will investigate these claims thoroughly. How about you refer them to the attorney general? Vote forward, he said, attempted to register a dead Alabama voter, a woman to vote here in Georgia. He spotlighted the new Georgia project who sent voter registration applications to New York City. Oh, so that's what happens when we start to make noise about this. When we start to do rallies and we start to mention you all the time on these radio shows and our podcast, all of a sudden Raffensperger says, well, I have 23 investigators working on 250 open investigations into credible claims of illegal voting. Well, where were you a month ago, Raffensperger? Maybe because you wanted Donald Trump to lose and you realize that even moderate and establishment Republicans are coming after you because they want Loeffler and Perdue to win, as do I. But now all of a sudden you're being put on trial, metaphorical trial. So now all of a sudden that Roffensperger is feeling the heat, he comes out and he says, well, you do know that the Georgia code of false registration, could put you up to 10 years in prison and a $100,000 fine. What would have happened if Roffensperger took Donald Trump's warnings seriously? What would have happened if Raffensperger would have took this entire voter fraud investigation that we've been doing for the last month seriously instead of telling us all, we're all nuts, stop looking into this, Georgia elections are fine. So Raffensperger, who said just a couple weeks ago, I'm certifying the election, everything's wonderful in Georgia, now comes out and he says 23 investigators, 250 open investigations, dead people are asking to vote in Georgia, Alabama, registrations in New York City, wait a second. I thought you said there's no voter fraud, Raffensperger. Raffensperger, I thought you said this last election was done wonderfully. Meanwhile, it took you two and a half weeks to get all the votes. They found votes at the last minute, I think at Fayette and in Fulton County, that helped and benefited Donald Trump. Raffensperger also says the Operation New Voter Registration Georgia encouraged Emory students to register fraudulently to vote in the January 5th runoff. How much do you think this is happening across the country? Now all of a sudden that we're shining a light on it, They say that none of this exists. The only reason reason Roffensperger is doing this is because he's getting calls from David Perdue to do this. That's why. And that's a good reason to do it. I'm in support of that. But let's just not fool ourselves. Roffensperger was disinterested in doing this before. Meanwhile, Vote Forward, a nonprofit organization, sent a letter to a long-deceased Alabama resident, as mentioned, which calls itself the coordination hub of the progressive community. Hmm, maybe that's a place the FBI should go set up shop. Instead of sending paratroopers into Roger Stone's home, instead of sending FBI agents that are going through the canal outside of Roger Stone's home with scuba diving gear and helicopter assistance overhead, maybe the FBI should go send a couple guys in FBI jackets to go sit into Vote Forward's office for a few days and say, we'd like to look at what you're doing. But now that it is threatening establishment Republicans, now, 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 Now they're taking it seriously. The Georgia Secretary of State Representative saying it's gone too far, talking about how Dominion employees are getting death threats. I don't support death threats. No one supports death threats. But they're saying this as a way to say, stop challenging us. Okay? I, Charlie Kirk, have received death threats. Senators just received a body bag of death threats in Washington, D.C. You probably didn't hear about this. Republican senators have found found body bags of anti-Trump notes on their front porches. The activist said today we brought the bodies to their doorsteps. To stand for something. All of a sudden. You start to get very real threats. Why this wasn't breaking national news is beyond me. But several Republican senators would have been with dozens of body bags at their homes. On Tuesday by angry protesters. Pushing for more Chinese coronavirus relief. Meanwhile Rand Paul can't walk the streets of Washington DC without getting assaulted. Meanwhile nearly killed while he's mowing his lawn are nearly killed at a congressional baseball practice. But we're supposed to believe that the Democrats are the people of decency. Play tape of the Georgia Secretary of State communication spokesperson saying that this has all gone too far. It has all gone too far. All of it. Joe DeGenova today asked for Chris Krebs, a patriot who ran CISA, to be shot. A
1: 20-something tech in Gwinnett County today has death threats and a noose put out saying he should be hung for treason because he was transferring a report on batches from an EMS to a county computer so he could read it.
0: It has to stop. Okay, again, no one supports death threats. If you mean that death threats have to stop, of course. We all get death threats. That's called public life. What doesn't have to stop is us challenging you relentlessly and peacefully and lovingly, by the way, about why on earth you have not been looking into this. And now all of a sudden you have this platoon of people looking into these investigations now. Roffensberger says there are 250 open investigations. Where were these investigations when it actually mattered in the general election? You guys didn't care about that because you hate Donald Trump. And by the way, I'm not even convinced that these death threats are coming from Republicans. We now know the Democrats. Propensity to fake hate crimes, Jesse Smollett and others. we don't know who's sending these death threats. We do know that Democrat activists are sending body bags outside of Republican senators' homes. We do know that we do know that Rand Paul was shot at at a congressional baseball game. We know that Donald Trump Jr. received death threats with regularity. We know that something of the form of mock anthrax was sent to the White House just months ago. We know all these things, and yet the nationwide call for unity and unison only comes once they get be called the president-elect. I put that in quotes. Here's the lesson. The voter fraud exists. is admitting to it now. He didn't look into it earlier and previously because it was not in his best political interest because he hates Donald Trump. Same with Brian Kemp. But now all of a sudden that it gets close to home, Kelly Loeffler, whom I support, who's a Kemp appointee, now all of a sudden they're calling up Roethlisberger, hey, uh, Brad, Can you actually look into this voter fraud? Because we're kind of worried that David and Kelly are going to lose. And now he comes out guns a-blazing. 250 investigations. We're looking into all this. People are registering in Alabama and New York. You just told us it's a fraud. You told us that it's not true. We know it's real. You refuse to admit it when it matters. Has this election cycle gotten you stressed out, worn down? If so, time to bounce back. What's the number one mineral to fight stress and fatigue? Magnesium. I want you to try a new dietary supplement of veggie capsules with meat called Magnesium Breakthrough from my friends of the show by Optimizers. This is the magnesium supplement I recommend because it combines all seven essential forms of magnesium into one convenient daily dosage. Most magnesium supplements fail because they are not full spectrum. When you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, so many functions in your body can get upgraded. The supplements are designed to enhance focus, sleep, reduce inflammation, improve your body's reaction to stress, so check out Magnesium Breakthrough with me. Take two pills a day with your evening meal and reverse magnesium deficiency in all of its forms. I take magnesium every night, and you should too. Use promo code KIRK10 for 10% off any order. Go to buyoptimizers.com forward slash Kirk. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash Kirk. Promo code KIRK10 to apply the discount. I want to play some sound here. Jesse Banal, on the Nevada lawsuit, we are presenting to the court that over 4,000 people voted twice in the election. Play cut 47. Before you do, why is the FBI and the DOJ saying none of this exists? Have they reviewed all of this evidence? Play cut 47. We are going to present evidence of real voter fraud. Thousands and thousands of instances in voter fraud in Nevada alone by five o'clock today that will be submitted to the court. And we have uh, instances, for instance, of 40,000 plus people who have voted twice in the election. That's real voter fraud. We have uh, data showing that people who um, uh, were on the record as having voted by mail didn't even receive ballots and say that they didn't vote. Has the Department of Justice looked into this? Be helpful if the FBI was doing the same investigation that the Trump campaign is doing. It's a very sad state of affairs when a privately chartered presidential campaign has uncovered more voter fraud in three weeks than the Department of Justice has in 40 years. And mostly because it's not a priority for the Department of Justice, because it threatens the power flow to the ruling class. Actually uncovering how people in both parties have benefited from voter fraud very well might disrupt who's in leadership and who runs Washington, D.C., not a priority for the Department of Justice. But now the Department of Justice is getting grassroots pressure. Now the attorney generals across the country are starting to feel the heat because the American people, the citizens, the co-rulers of this country, are starting to demand so. We're asking questions such as, why, why did 90-plus-year-olds register to vote in the last three months of a pandemic, unlike anything we've ever seen, at a 1,774% increase in Pennsylvania? Why did that happen? Why did Trump do better everywhere, including from California to New York, but somehow did worse in just a couple counties that mattered? How is it that Trump did dramatically worse and Biden did so much better in Madison, Wisconsin, Dane County, despite being the main campuses being at partial capacity, if not totally closed? How did that happen? And instead of getting answers from the Department of Justice, the DOJ, and they are backtracking now, said that there's no widespread evidence. Catherine Herridge has come out and clarified on their behalf. She's a CBS News now. From a DOJ spokesperson, quote, some media outlets have incorrectly reported that the department has concluded its investigation of election fraud and announce an affirmative finding of no fraud in the election. That is not what the Associated Press reported, no, what the nor what the Attorney General stated. The department will continue to receive and vigorously pursue all specific and credible allegations of fraud as expeditiously as possible. How about you start here? Start with the Nevada Native Project. Start with the Stacey Abrams cartel that is running Georgia, that even Roethlisberger says there are credible threats there. When the FBI shows up, The level of the investigation changes completely. Why don't you go investigate the developmentally disabled patients that were forced to vote against their will for Joe Biden in the suburbs of Milwaukee that a whistleblower told us? Why don't you go investigate how poll watchers prevented Republicans from coming into a Detroit poll watching area? Why don't you investigate how there was a fake narrative that was launched in Atlanta, Georgia area around a pipe water burst, a water pipe bursting, when in reality it was a small urinal overflowing, which was a total and complete intentional lie. Why don't you go investigate that, FBI? And maybe they are. They probably aren't. Why don't they go investigate the surge of fake voter registrations for people that are out of state in Georgia that we have been able to find? Why don't they operate a call center in Arizona to go find people that, according to the public books, It shows that they voted, but then according to Matt Brainard, they didn't. And we do know that maybe the FBI has asked Matt Brainard for their data, but Bill Barr's statement doesn't sound like they're trying to operate a massive investigation. Now, maybe it's a head fake. Maybe it's Bill Barr just trying to make the fraudsters feel a little bit more comfortable so they don't go start burning and destroying evidence. I'm a little bit more cynical than that. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you want to support us, go to charliekirk.com slash support. Email us your questions, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. And if you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com, where we play offense with a sense of urgency to win America's culture war. Thank you guys so much for listening. God bless you and speak to you soon.